It's the Luke and the Pete Show. It is uh, Monday the 8th of June. Could be June, could be February, could be March. Nobody really knows. All I know is I've not had a shower yet, so I'd like to apologise right now uh, for broadcasting Son's shower. Yeah, I'm Luke. I'm the other part of this foul jamboree. And Peter, I should say to our listeners who may well be listening to this at any time of the day or night that it's not even that early in the day. I mean, you wanted to record today very, very early this morning, and we decided right. against that. So what is the excuse for not having a shower at this stage? I have had a busy weekend. I was down in Bristol throwing a statue into the water, and uh, I've just returned, uh, still <laughs> glistening with sweat from that particular bit of uh, physical exertion. But I'm back, baby. I'm back to yeah. the picture. You just couldn't be bothered, could you? <laughs> I just couldn't be bothered now. I, I, I've managed to yeah. make bagels and also steam some dim sum in the time between getting up and doing this podcast record. So it's not like I haven't achieved it. I've been to Tesco's, dripping in my own filth, uh, and I've just not got round to... Uh, All yeah. sorts of different cultural touch points for the food you're making. Exactly. Well, dim sum, bagels. What's that? Like uh, kind of New York... The New York bagels, like they're, they're, they're quite big over there, aren't they? Well, bagels is, is, yeah. is, is the finest Jewish yeah. tradition of food, isn't it? Yeah, and dim sum is, of course, uh, you're the part of the world that you're the most have the most affinity. Passover Pete, that's what you call me. Passover Pete, that's, that's, what, that's what the agents call him. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy uh, light pencil Donaldson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so somebody sent me a little uh, link uh, via text of. Uh, I've been to Portugal recently. I've been to uh, Japan recently. And last year, I went to South Korea. Uh, somebody pointed out that the age of consent is 14 in Portugal, uh, 13 in Japan, and 13 in South Korea. Um, po- pointing out that I'm some oh, kind of um, problematic sex tourist. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for those of us who knew that for a yes, long time, exactly, it's not exactly. Yeah, fascinating, though. I've, I think Spain only uh, in, like improved their uh, outlook very recently. Uh, it's weird, like the actual legal definition of what is legal and what is, isn't legal. Um, obviously, they have the Romeo and Juliet laws and stuff like that, but um, the hard and fast kind of numbers are actually quite stark in a lot of US states as well. How how are we talking? I don't about know. This? I, thought, I just reminded me of being being. <laughs> uh, you said that I travel to the Far East quite a lot. It was just reminded me of someone casting aspersions my way, which is basically what my WhatsApp is for. People having a go at me. I didn't say that. I said the country of Dim's home of Dim Sum is a country you have a lot of affinity yeah, okay. for. And all of a sudden, we've got two minutes of sex tourism <laughs> and the age of consent. I mean, you're hiding in plain sight here, Johnson. You want to have a oh, look at Oh, no. Nightmare. Well. This is why you should, we, should, we should sketch out the show from start to finish and prep what we're going to do in advance. Otherwise, this kind of Just thing right at the top of the um, cheat sheet, just right at the top of the running order, Pete, don't talk about uh, the paedophilia, yeah. uh, you know, this early on the show. Especially yeah. when you're full of dim sum, Please full of don't. energy. No, at any point. <laughs> Talk to us about the dim sum. What was in? What was inside? Oh, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, it filling? was um, like a tight ball of prawn. It's just uh, they're, they're very nice. They're, people don't. Nice. Uh, people sort of go to dim tea and buy dim sum at, at restaurants and at Chinese's, and, and it looks like the most difficult thing to um, make in the world. But it's literally just steam it for five minutes, and they're cooked. They're all cooked. But what's the um, so? Forgive me of my ignorance. I do love. I do like a dim sum. I actually like dim tea at the mm. restaurant as well. I enjoy going there. Um, I particularly love their coconut rice. What is the what's the dim sum? The actual dumpling itself Ooh, made. I of? don't. I think it's like a starchy kind of. Um... Are you just buying the wraps and then wrapping them up and then? No, I'm literally just buying them frozen, mate. Literally just buying them frozen. Frozen. Oh, for oh. God's sake! Anyone could. Yeah, do but that. you've got to steam them, haven't you? But nobody does that. People think you've got. To... You're supposed to be authentic. <laughs> I love it, but yeah, 
I thought you, I don't I don't think I don't think yeah, but you, let me just be absolutely clear at the risk of sounding like a pedant you started this little conversation by saying oh people think it's too really hard but it's not it's not really hard at all it's really easy why because I'm buying them frozen yeah. You well, just give them a nothing, steam. It's not cooking, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, to pound your own sticky rice kind of... I don't even know what it's wrapped in. I presume it's a, some kind of rice derivative. There's the euphemism again. <laughs> to pound your sticky rice into oblivion all weekend and then do a football yeah. and then do a, uh, and then do a looking picture. And you haven't have a shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nightmare. This is absolutely, absolutely outrageous foul, by you, Dawson. So what else did you get up to at the weekend? Did You you didn't fly out any lockdown rules. I mean, what even are the rules anymore? Nobody no knows. knows. I, I, I didn't... Um, uh, I was away, so I, I couldn't write it righteously. Righteously or riotously? Either way, assemble. Uh, so yeah. I've been away and, um, yeah, just, 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 just been keeping my head down, really. Staying out of trouble. No, no worries, mate. No worries. Which is unlike you, because I think the thing is, when you say that you're keeping your head down, staying mm. out of trouble, it means you're doing something truly objectionable, because you're quite upfront with the stuff you do that you're proud of that you know is people other people wouldn't do but you'll put it out there you'll go front and centre with it when you it's when it's when you start being quiet is when I traditionally start yeah to I'm a bit like I don't know Grace Jones I'm there to shock that's what I'm trying to do <laughs> I think that's probably the only way you're like Grace Jones cocaine abuse <laughs> bang into that <laughs> <laughs> I could go toe to toe with her <laughs> I um, I saw a really it's changing trains completely. I saw a really interesting story uh, yesterday uh, about um, the things that astronauts took to. The All right, moon. yeah, no, no, no. This? So, so apparently. Um, I think it's a tradition with all astronauts now, um, but it started when um, when astronauts under the Apollo program started going to the moon. They were all given a. Um, I'm trying to find out what the. I can't, I can't remember what the um, the actual phrase was it, that, that it was <laughs> that they used for it. No, no, it's like it was like they had a little pouch. So they could. Oh, it's called a personal allowance. Right. Pouch, okay. Right. Which they said because obviously everything has to be checked and the mass yeah. has to be checked out and, everything, yeah. and the physics stuff and the weight and all that kind of thing. But they were allowed a personal allowance pouch, and each of them put obviously something that was important to them uh, in right. with them. And so I think it came from a, um, a tradition that soldiers have when they went to war. They would have a picture of their their significant other or a, before photography, mm. of course, they would carry a lock of uh, hair mm. or whatever. But in this case, um, these these guys carried different things. I didn't realize that um, when Apollo 11, um, when the Eagle module landed on the uh, moon, um, Buzz Aldrin, I don't know if he's still a Christian, actually, but at the time he was a mm. Christian. And he had with him a tiny miniature chalice with some wine and some bread in it. And he did a oh. um, he did a communion on the moon. I had no moon. idea that happened. And so, no. So the first um, liquid, the first time liquid was poured on another world, essentially, or another planet, or not planet, but you know what I mean, another celestial mm. body, was communion. Um, and... Um, one thing I found particularly poignant was um, Apollo 16 in 1972. Charles Duke left pictures of his uh, family on the moon's surface with a handwritten message uh, for posterity, it says in the, in the, in the article. Uh, unfortunately, uh, solar radiation uh, bleached him and his family out of existence. Oh, no. <laughs> so this, this is a blank white piece of paper now. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, famously, most famously, Apollo 14 and 71, Alan Shepard. Uh, somehow, I don't know how this fitted in the personal allowance right. pouch, but Alan Shepard took golf clubs <laughs> and balls with him and um, and hit the longest drive in history thanks to reduced gravity on the moon. <laughs> I remember that picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite cool. And I think um, the um, the reason this came in, the reason this story sort of came to my attention is because I was reading about the guys from SpaceX who went off last week. Um, they both had a... Um, 
a toy dinosaur from their sons. Their sons gave them a toy dinosaur to take with them. It's like a right. lucky charm type thing. And I kind of went down a Google hole and was reading about Could it. Could you not, um, what, what, do they leave it up there? That would be pretty cool if you like, you know, you left it. Well, they're going to the space yeah, station, yeah. aren't they? So they wouldn't be able to. I suppose they could. I suppose they could, I suppose they could do, yeah. Or yeah. just just release it into. I mean, if yeah, you could, so. look, if you're going to get um, a satellite knocked out of the um, space with with some space trash, imagine having the imprint of a of a, di- a toy dinosaur. <laughs> That's the thing that does it. In my mind, it's the dinosaur of. Um, yeah, toy me story. too. Me too. Really, really heavy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Andy yeah. written on the bottom. But I thought that's quite a cool thing. That's right? lovely. That's, I, I, I had no idea you had a little a little personal pouch. I mean, as you, as you said, I think golf clubs is a little bit uh, beyond the pale. I would take up um, licorice all sorts. There's no licorice in space. I mean, everything that you will probably do will be the first time that anyone's done it in space, presumably, unless you're particularly uh, not not very um, imaginative. Yeah. Boring. Well, if you're like kind of, well, if you're like kind of, <laughs> oh, the first person to eat some marmite in space. Like, everything you do will be the first thing, realistically. So yeah, just choose something that's absolutely mad. Um, what is, you know, there's like that thing about um, about the universe where they say that like eighty five percent or whatever it is of the universe is so far kind of undiscovered. It's made of a substance that no one knows what it is. Imagine if it was actually <laughs> molasses, the great molasses. Oh spell. no, we found it. The, yeah, the math seems to suggest that it's actually licorice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we need to send Pete Dance not to eat. Well <laughs> I'll it. do it. I'll bloody do it. You would be able to do it. You'd be the best person for I that, would, job, yeah. I reckon, wouldn't you? What do you that would piss be... you off, wouldn't it? Because so, so, you're that... like obsessed with space and stuff. You'd be really annoyed if I was yeah. like the, the the most... No, I'm too scared to go there. You wouldn't. I'd be happy for you to go you, there. You wouldn't go? I mean, Jiminy. Well, well, I mean, do you know what? I was speaking about this to someone the other day, uh, and they work in the area of... Um, they work in the media, right. but in the area of kind of space travel and, and science and stuff. And and they were saying the same thing. Oh, no, I'll, I'll be, they'd be too scared to, to kind of do anything too full on. They like the theory of it and they're fascinated by it, but it takes a special type of person. You know, like Tom Wolfe said in his book, The Right Stuff. You've got to be made of the right stuff. But it's interesting. In that same book, um, they, when they were doing... Um, doing sort of readings of, of the astronauts, their, their pulse and their blood pressure and stuff, when they're sat on top of the rocket about to take off. Some of them, I think maybe John Glenn, who's sadly no longer with us, one of the real pioneers of, of space travel, when he was sat on, on, the, um, on the rocket, and I think Buzz Aldrin might have been the same, about to take off, their, their pulses didn't mm. change. Right. There's no, there's no, there was no real discernible excitement or, or increase in, in t- pulse or heart rate or anything. It was just, it's just part of it. They just, they just, I can, I can, I can safely assure you, Pete, if I was sat on a space, space shuttle about to go off into space, my heart's rate would be. Oh, I'd have some, I'd have some sadly, personal items that I let out into my space suit. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> He's sloshing around. Well, oh, Pete looks to like he's take, Pete looks like his personal allowance pouch appears Pete, to be full of Pete's, human Pete's shit. Pete's turned his uh, Pete's turned his entire spacesuit into a big Capri Sun, sloshing about in the visor. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if, if but they 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 do say though, don't they, NASA? That like if if they advertised for a a one way mission to Mars or to any kind of other place, that they 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 reckon they'd be inundated yeah. with uh, with applications though, because some people yeah, are into it. So yeah. What I would say is if you're that if you're that reckless with your own personal safety, you probably should. <laughs> let's open this hatch. Let's let's let some air in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boring. <laughs> let's do a loop to loop. Yeah, yeah. So it would be. But I, th- I thought that was like a fun, cute little mm. thing because it's 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 quite. I mean, they shouldn't be littering on the moon. No, that's that's no. important. Learn the lessons from this from this world, really. But um, maybe give them a little bit of a pass for 
They're taking something personal up there with learn, them. Learn, learn from the Haven Holiday Park. Lee, look, it's a campsite, so just calm it down. You know, just, yeah. just don't leave shit around. What lessons have you learned from Haven Holiday? Because I went to Haven back in the uh, day as well. Yeah, um, caravanning less fun than you think. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, everything's it's like real life, but everything's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, also, one of the things I learned from Haven is that it's the only place on earth, and I've never seen this before or since, where you can get a two-person bike with a awning over the top of it and ride it around. Hang on, a two-person bike as in with an awning? Like, as in, Do you remember that? What, like... Um, so imagine... It's a, it's a four-wheeler, yeah? So like, imagine two bikes put yeah. together. Oh, right, right? Okay. Yeah. And then there's like an awning over the top. And you cycle them together, and I think so. I tell you what, it's, a, it's like it's like a two bike took. Yes, yeah, that made sense. I thought I thought it was just one bike, but with an awning over the top of it, with two like a, a tandem bike, but with two, with an awning over the top. I realised mm. that there's there's four wheels, so it's more like a, a Flintstones car in many ways. Exactly, exactly right. It's a great place <laughs> to, uh, to 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 culturally reference because it's exactly yes, like but that. With yeah, spokes. Did you, by any chance, get a opportunity um, about a month ago now? I don't know why it's just come to mind. This is a complete non sequitur, but for some reason I've just thought of it. About a month ago, there was an amazing, and I do mean amazing, article in the New York Times magazine um, uh, into a long-form interview with Val Kilmer. No, I didn't see that, no. Is he back? He is insane. <laughs> no. He's not really right. back in the way that you would know him, but he is quite, quite mad. <laughs> I mean, it is incredible quite how mad he is, but in a in a kind of eccentric way rather than a kind of this is exploitative kind of way. I don't mean as in, oh, look, let's all point at him, point at him and laugh at him. Oh, he's a cancer survivor, him. isn't he? He's... Um, yeah, well, this is the thing, though, Pete. He is a cancer survivor, and this will become clear if you read the article when you get a moment. He denies that he had cancer. Right, okay. <laughs> so it's it's quite strange the way he approaches it. He sort of talks about, when he's asked about it by the interviewer, he sort of says, no, I had symptoms that are commensurate with cancer and treatment that cancer people need, but I actually don't see it that way. Oh, okay, yes. It's like, he's, one <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's not a Scientologist or anything yeah. like that. That sounds a bit... No, no, but what I didn't know, he's a Christian scientist, which is almost problematic in a slightly different way. But one of the things I found fascinating about him is that I didn't know at all because he was just so popular. For people our age, Pete, he was gigantic, wasn't he? He was was massive. The proper superstar. He was up there, wasn't he? You know, uh, Top Gun and Batman Forever and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what I didn't know was that he's actually a really... um, quite offbeat artistic kind of guy and that the idea of being a mainstream box office superstar never really sit, sat with him mm. that well and he wanted to do all these art house movies and these different things and i think he spent quite a lot of his time more recently doing that type of stuff um but i didn't actually know that i just thought he was just mainstream kind of pop up box office megastar really because there's a difference between a hollywood star and an actor yeah. isn't there yeah, really? yeah. well to some to, in it's some when you're way, that you handsome know. though you've got to be very careful with culturing your uh, uh cultivating your your um uh, how people see you. I think it's if if you don't want to be a pretty boy, yeah. like Brad Pitt, like went through the same sort of thing. He worked very hard doing the big yeah. Hollywood stuff, so he could afford to do the small, um, slightly more indie, interesting films. Yeah, there's a picture in this article of um, Val Kilmer in 1981 um, performing some a theatre production. I think he is the most ridiculously handsome man you can ever imagine. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He just looks ridiculous. Look, like he's been created yeah. in a lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks ridiculous. Like, same with Brad Pitt, I suppose, mm. really. 
I watched a film with and you could sell thank you, mate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting. I was waiting. I was watching yeah. for. Uh, I was yeah. watching a film on Netflix with Natalie Portman in it. It's a sci-fi film. Can't really remember the name of it. So let me give it Natalie Portman. Uh, Netflix sci-fi. It is Annihilation. Uh, so Star Wars. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh, Annihilation good, is brilliant. It? I've really, really good. I thought it was oh, brilliant. It was, it, was, it was excellent. The, the, yeah. the, the final, we talk about CGI quite a lot on this uh, show. The CGI is quite pointy all the way through until the end, and it becomes something weird. better. Like the, the When it's doing like animals and um, bears and things running through the forest, it's a little bit pointy. But when it starts to get um, artistically uh, more creative, I think, the, the, the visual effects are... Some you would look at it and sort of go, that was done by a ten year old on uh, an app. But the way that they've used it is more. Ad- <laughs> That's it, how you look at most of my work. <laughs> it's more, it was done on an app, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at it and you sort of go, oh my god, like. That's so beautifully done. Like they've used sci-fi not in the way that Hollywood uses sci-fi. They've used it in a a really creative and abstract kind of way. It's it's an amazing finish. And the music, the sound that comes in when they're in the cave thing is just I won't spoiler it, but it is just something else. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant oh, movie. Fantastic. And do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks, people, if you don't mind, Pete, and say that um, the reason I watch this movie is because it's made by the chap that made um, Ex Machina. Yes, yeah, 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 I know you're a big fan um, of that film. Which yeah. is also a brilliant film. Is it Alex Garland? It is Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Yeah, Alex Garland. Yeah, and, and so he made this movie, Annihilation, which I'm not sure, Pete, did it go straight to Netflix? According to the person I was watching, with, watching it with, uh, she said that it was, um, it was too weird for, uh, it was apparently too weird for release. Right. So they just put, you know, they pumped it to Netflix and Netflix took it and it's brilliant. Yeah, so I, I, I said to Mimi, I said, oh, look, you know, we were looking for something to watch. I said, oh, well, X Mac and it was amazing. We both really loved that. So let's watch this. I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen for a mm. very long time. And I can understand why people kind of checked out around the final act, which I won't go into any detail about. But I actually really enjoyed the final act. I thought it was a really, really good movie, well worth a watch. And if you've got a Netflix subscription, which everyone has, go and watch it. I can't believe, in fact, Pete, that we didn't talk about this at the time I saw it because I was really yeah. into it. But maybe we did it's, and just forgot. But I'm pleased that you enjoyed it's not, it as well. It, what makes me giggle is, I've got to, so it did actually come out back in the... Oh, so it did come out briefly in 2018. Um, and then sort of ended up on. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe I, I missed it the first time around. It's so good. It's, I guess it's one of those weird and creepy and quite scary. In oh, it's, it's brilliant. And and um, the I just I just really really enjoyed it. And and and, not, and I, I would never watch it in a million years if someone else wasn't using the film. <laughs> um, but like Oscar yeah. Isaac. Uh, well, welcome to my world of Pete's <laughs> Film Club. By the Oscar, way. I know, right? I've absolutely put you guys through the ringer. Um, Oscar Isaac, yeah. very enjoyable that a man so handsome uh, doesn't appear to have abs in a film, which I've, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've seen a film recently where the leading, well, not the leading man, but the man, uh, the, the love interest, uh, the, the the handsome man doesn't have a ridiculously sculpted body. And I was like, well done, Oscar. Thank you. Thank you for that, mate. Thank you. Yeah, he he's quite versatile oh, he's as well, Oscar yeah. Isaac, because, I mean, yeah, if you think of the role he plays in the new Star mm. Wars movies, it's completely different to the role he plays. So he goes from being this hot shot, pretty boy, like fighter pilot in Star Wars, in Ex Machina he plays like a Mark Zuckerberg type mm. character, um, but obviously not as racist. And um, in um, in um, this movie he's quite different again. He's good. Mm. I, I like him, Oscar Wilde. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of charisma. Enjoyable. Hasn't he? Enjoyable. Is he, is he from Guatemala? I was just I forgot. Like this one. I don't, I don't know, know. Actually, I think he might have been from Guatemala. Pete. Um, 
Will I get away with calling Mark Zuckerberg a racist? Um, I think you can get away with saying, uh, with me correcting you, Luke, by saying he's not racist. His algorithm is racist. (laughs) (laughs) He just just continuously funnels people into far right (laughs) propaganda on the on the website. Exactly. I just push people into my shed, and if it happens to be full of offensive magazines, that's not my (laughs) problem. The shed is racist. The shed is sexist. The shed is misogynistic. The the magazines are misogynistic, and that just. I push people into my shed and say, hey, look at these magazines. That's the shed's fault. <laughs> I love the idea of Mark Zuckerberg being at a cocktail party and someone saying, what, what, do, you, what do you do for a living? Well, I've, I've got this kind of gigantic racist <laughs> shed, right? And everyone's in I it. I am the algorithm right? wrangler. And it's probably ruined the world. <laughs> I, think it, I think it might have ruined the world. So I'm very busy. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, it's like when Dick Cheney, when Dick Cheney accidentally shot his mate in the face hunting. Yeah, and someone um, got away with it, and he had to, um, he had to do an apology. <laughs> but the apology said something like, um, "Mine was the finger <laughs> that pulled the trigger that fired the gun, which meant the bullet hit my friend in the face." <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. yeah. It was a shot. It would have been a shotgun, wouldn't it? So it would have been pellets. I mean, that's messy. That is messy. That, yeah, that's, you can really. I, I'm not. I'm not. <sighs> I don't know much about. I don't guns. know much about guns. Did you see that guy who um, was this um, dirty little incel who uh, wanted to blow up a bomb and kill some cheerleaders or something? And his face there was a, there was a oh, mug, picture of his mugshot. Let's just say uh, it went rather badly. His little homemade bomb. Uh, I think it took both his hands off, and his face looks like I don't know. It just looks like a, a dirty old loaf of bread. It's absolutely destroyed. Uh, he's, he, I think he said that he'd <laughs> don't fall, make your own. I can't. Eyes. No, we cannot say. That. We're talking about the Jolly Rogers uh, cookbook on a private WhatsApp. Uh, encrypted channel earlier on uh, this week, weren't we? Well, look, I'm just saying, that's what, we, what the kids used to talk about when we were kids. The Jolly Rogers cookbook was like this uh, um, semi-legal kind of um, pamphlet uh, in the 80s that uh, was available, certainly on a floppy disk, and like people would sort of trade these these kind of plans on how you'd make your homemade bombs and uh, like rockets and and, and and stuff like that. It's been used by quite a lot. Of been used by, yeah. Well, well, it kind of it kind of branched into uh, training for um, um, Taliban and ISIS members, but then the other. Seem to be white yeah. supremacists. Fascinating. There's, there's definitely a documentary yeah. to be made about the Jolly Rogers cookbook and how it it, it got updated so many times. To, to, to we're in the state now where I believe it's uh, exclusively a, a white supremacy uh, a set of pamphlets. Um, I think it's totally illegal. Uh, now. Well, yeah, I think it's totally yeah. illegal now. Yeah, um, Pete, you also you also educated me on something that I, I completely passed me by a number mm. of years ago. You were telling me about it last week about a um, a bunch of um, I don't know who they were, like Proud Boys or whatever, just weirdo kind of internet white supremacists mm. or whatever, who, who commandeered a ship. Yes, yes. The um, I can't remember what the name yeah. of the ship was, but it was a it was a load of European incel uh, fascists, uh, proto um, neo fascists that uh, not proto neo fascists that uh, commandeered a ship. I think they were mainly Italian. I want to say there's a couple of Germans on board as well. Um, and they went to their their plan was to go to Libya to disrupt the NGO rescue efforts of migrants in in, in the sea. And uh, they uh, and there was a there was a YouTube video of a tour. I think. I spoke about at the time a youtube video of these um of the ship this this guy's taking it around and and, and interviewing all the people who were on the ship and they are all absolute wrongans these neck beard kind of thinning haired kind of ill-looking men mate what did i say to you at the time (laughs) 
I said, imagine the imagine BO. the smell. Imagine the, worse than I smell right now. Oh, you'd smell them. Smell, you'd smell them coming. The BO would just be off the charts. It would be sharks, awful. None of them would have washed their t-shirts. Sharks coming up thinking it's uh, thinking <laughs> yeah. it's chums being thrown into it. Rotten chum is being thrown. Into it. yeah. it's, it's this ambergris or just yeah. the smell of these rotten boys. But they're uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're out in yeah. the sea and uh, this this it wasn't a documentary. It was just a, it was a self published video. I think I've still got it. It's horrible. But they they talk to these kind of hairless men and uh, their bunks are an absolute absolute shit state they are do not look like seafaring men they do not look organized enough to to have a cabin um but they've all got excellent gaming pcs excellent thermal paste covered (laughs) gaming pcs with uh, satellite connected um 4g uh you know internet connections and stuff it's just the smell just masturbating and writing racist filth onto the internet um from sea but 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 the sweet kicker was that uh they uh they that they're um bought or ship um, was in some kind of engine trouble, and they had to be rescued by the same NGOs that rescued the Libyan um, uh, migrants, which is just sweet, so bloody sweet. It's it, it just yeah. even bear thinking about that is delicious. delicious. Speaking of speaking of that, it reminds me of um, of uh, I saw Sky News the other day, and uh, it was uh, I think Adam mm. Bolton, and he was in he was doing he was doing a a story about something i forget what it is it's not important but on one side was a guy from the new statesman who was in his office and you know asked being asked to give an opinion right. on this and for those who don't know a new statesman is like a traditionally a kind of progressive uh labor supporting um publication right. i think that's right that's right i think I, I think it's changed uh, a bit and, but yeah yeah roughly speaking anyway and the other talking head they had was um you know, self-styled um, enfant terrible of uh, the Brexit movement, uh, Darren Grimes, right, okay. right who l- looks about 20, I don't know how old he is, uh, and appeared on the webcam in his game. <laughs> and I thought, I don't think news should be like this <laughs> in 2020. Uh, I'm either completely out of touch, but how is this even possible? Is he possible? that little um, uh, squat who's uh, from the North East? Yeah, I think Durham, he might yeah, yeah. be. But anyway, Adam Bolton was fuming, was fuming with both of them and didn't give him any time at all. It was almost like completely pointless as a feature because he was like, right, yeah, cheers, off we go, and did something else. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting how gaming chairs, Pete, have now become part of the accepted mainstream. And Presumably, you've got some kind of... Look, at the amount of times I see my gaming chair, I can't remember who made it, but my gaming chair on um, internet streams and uh, uh, on, hmm. you know, people like... Uh, grimesy in his little grimy chair i do sort of think wow i've chosen the right one because it seems to be the most popular one (laughs) i should have to i should say that's darren grimes not the person that's married to elon no no um is that how you say it grimes is it grimes oh cool no 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 i don't know i thought he's married to churches churches <laughs> yeah, who who knows what going on? We're, we're just out of touch, Pete. Uh, it's just how it I is can't keep days. up. Like right. the amount of there was a um, celebrity pointless on the telly, uh, and I hmm. mischaracterized uh, Mark E. Is it Mark King? Mark King from that band, The Bassist. Uh, Mark King from Level Forty Two. I thought it was Mark Knopfler. Um, I. No, that's Dark yes, Straits, I know. mate. Uh, yeah, and I also, there was a woman from The Only Way's Essex on, and I had no idea who she was. So, like, half of the people on Celebrity Pointless, I just couldn't I just couldn't get my head around it. I, I couldn't figure out who these people were. Um, I'm scared and confused, and that's why I'll be voting for Boris Johnson in the election. <laughs> my my mum my, um, my messages me, because my mum knows what I do to yes. an extent. 
and she's obviously very supportive yeah. of him, but she doesn't know it that well. So what happens is she'll conflate the idea that I do this with the media in general. Mm. And so what happens is at a certain time every year, I get a text from her saying, with the list of all the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here yes. contestants, asking me if I know if any of them, the rumours the rumor, the, the rumor are the ones that are going to take part in it, asking me if I know them and whether they're going to do it or not and what I think of them. <laughs> and I'm not joking, last year, the only one I knew was Ian Wright. <laughs> as in, I don't know I knew, as in who, was, who they actually were, I think was Ian Wright. So I don't know why she keeps asking me. She asks me every year. The, the return on her investment is very, very yeah, small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she does that either. But yeah, it's it's confusing. I'm, I'm, I, and, and half of the people will be internet people who won't be here in two years' time because they will have said something dreadful. So if you ever see, I saw, saw KSI on... Uh, on uh, Gogglebox, and uh, he barely speaks in that, and I can only think it's because he keeps shouting stuff that isn't broadcastable. <laughs> right, and you know, you know that in, and and that was particularly. I didn't see that TV show, but um, I saw that uh, in today's political climate, uh, this makes this even worse, and I understand that. Um, that I think I'm not going to name them because I'm not entirely sure which publication it was, but let's just say a mainstream publication confused KSI and his friend with another black man. Oh, good. And so wrote a story about it, uh, which get, got them a huge amount of backlash. This is part of the problem, everyone. This is this is like this is like Stormzy all over again. People need to take a bit more time and care and show a bit more respect to to what they're supposed yeah, to be reporting on because that is not helping but, but, anyone. But you know, it is it is um, it is an inherent race blindness that we all have as 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 people of the of the earth. But there needs to be leadership from above in media organisations. Need to go look. This will be a shitstorm that you don't want to be a fucking part of. We know you're not doing it deliberately, but you do, You need to fucking just take a little bit of time and be a bit more careful about shit because it's, it's indicative uh, of a wider problem of a lack of uh, visibility uh, of, of minorities in the media. Uh, and, uh, I mean, some of the figures, we were talking about this on a, on a private channel, some of the figures from, from, from certain media organisations of, of how many uh, minorities are in it is, is, is just stark. It's, um, it, it's something else. But Pete, the other thing about it is, I, I, I agree with everything, and I and I understand it's hugely problematic and very regrettable for them to do that. Um, as you can probably imagine, Pete, there's another dimension to my anger about mm. it. It's just the um, the sloppiness of the work. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean, it's just yeah. Check, check your, your admin. work. Check, check your, your work. admin. I, I mean, I guess we had uh, what did we have? Uh, it was a football manager who'd started in America, and they just found a bald man. Uh, God, who was it now? Yeah, it was um, y- Jack Stam, Stam, was yeah. Be, and they just found yeah. a, 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 a bald man. But that kind of went down to the metadata that was attributed to, obviously, visually, completely different men. But that was down to the metadata that was applied at Getty Images level. So if someone who doesn't know football at all is, is going to Getty Images, you even have to check their work because they might be saying that someone is someone when they're not actually someone, especially on a well, especially on a red carpet. You get, get when you're on a red carpet, you're a photographer, you get like a list of uh, of people that are going to be on the red carpet and you get a, and you get photographs but it, when things are going really really quickly and you've got to file pictures really really quickly um for, for for use as soon as possible it's it's a race against time so you have to be diligent at every point uh of, of the uh, of the tree It'd be a nightmare if you became more famous because you look exactly like i could be like tea people, bag from prison your poor little image <laughs> image editors have been working out if you, if you or not. My goodness me, that's a full-time job I know, in itself. Right? I don't even know sometimes. I know. Gary Neville. Um, Pete, 
I want to end with this quick story. I know we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't done any emails yet. Maybe we'll do some emails as an email special on Thursday, okay, perhaps, okay. instead, because we've got a yeah. load of good ones. But before we go this week, because we are well, mm. well over, um, but that's fine. Um, we make our own rules. Is uh, this this news story took my um, took my uh, eye because it's just so typical. And this came out, I think, uh, late last week uh, on the BBC. Uh, May was the sunniest calendar month on record in the UK. <laughs> And uh, spring was the sunniest spring since records began, say the Met Office. I mean, how ridiculous is that? On average, the UK gets 436 hours of sunshine between March and the end of May. Since 1929, only 10 years have had more than 500 hours and none have gone more than 555 hours. <laughs> this spring, we've had 626. Uh, but it is just like, I mean, obviously, there's climate change and global warming and all that stuff that is going to factor in on that. Yeah, that's but I always thought, yeah. when they sort of, I was talking on WrestleMania last week with uh, Mark, and, and Mark was saying that um, every time a new kind of WrestleMania uh, is uh, appears, uh, they, they sort of say it was a bigger financial draw than um, that it was ever. It's the biggest final in, well, in history. Yeah, because, because you're charging more for the tickets every time and it's still the 80,000 seater that you were selling out in WrestleMania 2 or 3, you know. So it's just like, yeah, it's a yeah, bit yeah. of a fallacy. Well, it's like, I think if you, um, there's a thing in box office, uh, movie box office success, isn't there, where you, I mean, part of it is is they have to do inflation adjusted box office success because I think if you do yeah. that, I believe I'm right in saying that Gone with the Wind is still the most popular box office success oh, of interesting. all time, even though it came out in the nice. 30s. Yeah, so because obviously the Avengers, those Avengers movies and stuff, and Marvel movies have done ridiculous numbers, like in the in, in the they measure them in the billions now, mm. really. But um, you go back to how big a hit uh, Gone with the Wind was, which is mad considering it's about four hours long. Um, <laughs> the, the, I think that is an inflation adjusted box office success. I think Gone with the Wind is is the top dog. Top dog. Well, we'll leave with that. There we Inflation, go. Inflation, injustice, yeah. <laughs> adjusting. Yeah. <laughs> the true crime yeah, of our exactly. times. Um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday with more of that. If you want to get in touch with the show, we will be doing an email special. We've got some cracking ones in the pipe. Uh, it's hello at com. We'll be back on Thursday. Bye. Oh, sorry. You yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to wrap it up. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> I will. I'll wrap Okay, everyone who, who's still listening... This is signposted, me wrapping up the show. Lovely. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on Thursday. This was a Stakhanov production.